Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. All right, so here's the deal. Marty sent me a text, uh, I don't know, five, five weeks ago. He said, uh, thanks again for all the help. I had a great month, 10 million bucks, 30 loans funded. You know, you're having a great year. You've got a big vision and, and you've been executing on this for a while now. What's really cool is that we want to bring up our next guest that Marty and I are going to play with and uh, kind of hang with and ask some questions over the next 30 minutes. And he's a guy that basically heard Marty's presentation and then went back and kind of swiped and adapted it. He would be the equivalent of anybody in this audience that hasn't really nailed the borrower presentation but has faith and hope and confidence that they'd like to get the kind of results that Marty is getting. And so we're going to ask Kevin Briarton from First Choice Loan Services to come on out. Give him a big round of applause. <laughs> Woo! Hi, buddy. How are you? Good. You know this guy, right? Yeah. You guys want to sit or, t- or, or walk? Walk and talk? Sit and talk? Whatever. All right, let's sit. Why don't you bring that chair over under the spotlight? Keep going, keep going, keep going. And I'll bring this one over, and Marty, you'll bring yours over. So, uh, so any of that sound familiar to you? Yeah. Yeah. Taking it all in, learning. Are you on? You look on. All right. This mic hot? Awesome. Okay, so give everybody kind of your story, Kevin, because this is, uh, you've had two phenomenal years uh, since you started implementing this, and uh, just give them a little bit of your history. So my story is I started out... Sorry. Let me stand up. Where's your thing? Yeah, he's on. Are you hot? Hello? Hello? All right. So my story is I started uh, in the loan business after college about 12 years ago. I worked as a broker, big bank, also in the call center doing a lot of volume, very transactional. And, uh, and then I moved to a retail branch um, where I actually worked in a lot of purchase business, but it still was not self-generating business. And um, I actually went to your event in Phoenix. I heard about you a couple years before and knew I wanted to change my life. Um, running a transactional business kind of runs you to the ground right. and fighting probably with some depression and just running that like I said, running myself into the ground. So I knew there was something better. So I went into your Phoenix um, uh, event in uh, summer of 2014, and it was what if, and it just hit me because I knew there could be something bigger and better, and it was what if I can have a great business, be a top producer, but also have time for my family. At the time, I had a uh, newborn son. And so it was just like, it really it was really important to really figure out how I can operate at a high level, but not just have my wife leave me at some point. You know what I mean? Just, we all kind of fight that, I think. And it's just the reality. Um, so I needed something different. So I went there. I met um, uh, at the, after the event. I was being recruited by a company, and, uh, and RJ worked there. And I, after RJ spoke for a few minutes, I went up and grabbed him and talked to him. And I just said, you know, is this bank, this big bank, holding me back? And I was the top 1% originator there. And, and he's like, yeah, we, you know, we got to talk. So we talked briefly. And then I, we met actually uh, at a yogurt shop. And I saw her, him and Kim randomly at a uh, time. And, 
And so, you know, Kim's his better half, as we saw last night. So uh, she's, um, you know, it really just clicked with us and it really became like family. We ended up, I ended up going to work for them and just changing my, you know, uh, business from, uh, you know, being given leads to self-generating within two years uh, and growing that. So I don't know how far you want me to go into the numbers. Well, so, the, so I, I would love for you just to, so, so that's good backstory. What was the turning point? And tell us the before and after. So where were you then? Volume, kind of what was it like? And now where are you? Volume, what's, what's right. it kind of like? So before and after, um, the, uh, I was doing about 50 to 60 million at the big bank. I went to a retail branch where it's a little, set up a little bit, kind of self-generating. I was doing about 25 to 30 million there. And, but the reality is the difference between the before and after the borrower conversation is really taking yourself and becoming that advisor and also allowing you to sit down with both parties. So I saw in your presentation that you talked to both of the parties. So a lot of times on the phone, you'll end up talking to one party and then they have to relay it to the other. And there's a communication gap there. and You can't just solve everything and move on. Um, that's a, been a, a big after uh, for me is really being able to talk to all parties involved. It's huge. So what's volume look like for you right now? Because I, I want, you know, Marty's, Marty's here. You're copying him. You know, he's, he's copied everybody else, right, and, and been coached. And, yep. and the beautiful thing about this ecosystem is that we share. And uh, the powerful thing about being in the walls of this room is that this information is being given to you and you literally have permission to take an idea and go out and do likewise. The hearts of these guys and gals that want to share are that, that oriented. They want you to, to win. So you have been using Marty's presentation for how many years? Uh, one year. One year, your version. So now tell me the before and after before Marty's presentation and now, and give everybody a sense of what that feels like and looks like. Okay, so before, um, you know, price is always something that is, you know, in the back of your minds, but when you become more of the, it was almost necessity that I had to implement this. Um, that's kind of the reality is, is you, know, you know, six months into self-generating, I had some success, I'm starting to build, I went to High Trust Academy, but there was just something that I was just missing. Like I felt like I, you know, I would do a presentation and it would be an hour, hour and a half because it wasn't too, you know, an exact process. And now I can do it in and out within 30 to 45 minutes, hit all the points, educated, even collect documents with my, uh, my team and they're gone. And it, I feel like it's way more productive. So that's one of the things. And I actually overcome the rate objection and I meet the person up front this is key, actually. So I meet with them. I sell my team. So once I get the contract in, I spend about 10 to 15, 20 minutes. I review it, lock it, do an application call, and I'm able to move on. They already, they're already sold on who's going to be working with them for doc collection. They're already, they already understand the, our underwriters and who's working on it. So that actually allows me to go and get the next deal and work the next uh, you know, lock or the next bar presentation. Okay, and so then with that, with that said and done, uh, what is your volume looking like now? Okay. So, back at it. So it's, uh, I, last year was about sitting again, building my business from scratch, left my database at the big bank. Um, I was right around million to million and a half-ish um, yeah. a month last year. And this year I've grown it to between two to scratch, just hitting two and a half, and in October I'll hit four million. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome, in one year. That's good. Yeah. So, 
So the, I think one of the, I think one of the coolest things, well, let me ask before I say it's cool. Um, would you say that changing the borrower consultation, let me ask the question differently. What impact has the borrower presentation made on that extra two or three million a month? Is uh, that how, I mean, where's so, that coming no, from? Well, yeah, I mean, it's great. So I'm actually refinancing one person that I did a borrower presentation with in January. And it was just, you know, sure, yeah, it, you know, I did my review. It was, it was just an easy next transaction. They've already met me. They've already gone through the process. Um, so that's something that's going to continue to help, I think, my return business and the referral business of that I'm going to see growing. I've closed three direct, directly related to my borrower consultation. I've closed three referrals from it. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I think that I'm just starting to see it grow. The conversion is huge. So this is a pretty big deal. So I actually have closed 50% of everybody I've met and the other 30% are shopping actively and I keep, I'm talking to regularly. 10% um, didn't qualify and another 10% um, went with uh, a, a builder and a realtor pushed them away somewhere else. It was a database referral and it went with the realtor's lender. So, so, con I mean, so conversion is big. What's your, can you share with everybody what your conversion rates look like? Um, I will close a minimum of 90% of every client I meet face-to-face. -face, um, and uh, we'll receive referrals within a 12-month period from, and this is something we're really starting to track. We've been talking about on our coaching calls is in-process referrals, 30-day post-close referrals, 12-month post-close referrals. I don't have the data on that yet, but I'm expecting that we're gonna, we're gonna be getting referrals from at least 50% of those within that period of time. So I think that's huge. But if we meet with a client face-to-face, -face, we're closing a minimum of 90% of those. And what percentage of those face-to-face -face meetings are pre-contract? At least 90% of those are pre-contract. Okay. And then there's a very integrated follow-up system for everybody you're talking about, you know, doing the consultation. And then when they go into contract, it's 20 more minutes and you're off to the races. You have the same kind of deal, right? Right. And some people, I mean, out of the people who buy a home, we're probably closing 99%. But the 90% just accounts for the fact that some people come in and meet with me and then for a, like we have a client right now that we still closed, but after he even signed a contract on a house, he decided not to buy the house. So we ended up refinancing his old house. He's gonna stay there for five more years and then, and then look at doing something else. But, um, but even considering that people don't move forward with a purchase or whatever it was they were doing or don't qualify or whatever, I usually will not meet with them unless they're qualified to do the presentation. We pre-qualify them up front. Right, right. So what are some of the hurdles that you had to get through in kind of implementing a different buyer presentation? What did you come up against and how did you get through them? Um, so one hurdle you addressed was like getting them into the office and selling that, the, the value they're getting in. Uh, if they are in Phoenix area, you know, somebody may be 40 minutes away um, and getting them in is important. I think it's also a way to uh, uh, kind of filter who you're working with maybe, but I, that's one struggle is just trying to get them in and selling it and having confidence with myself that it's a, a valuable piece. Um, so the distance to get them to come in. I think the other thing is just uh, my, my other thing I'm, I'm lacking a little bit is asking for the referrals the right way and doing the survey. I know you pointed that out on our call and you know I, I think I, I'm not doing the best there. Uh, and then the other struggle is 
I had early on was just the uh, doc collection up front. So reviewing a clean pre-qualification up front. So sometimes to get them to come in, I have them bring the documents in. And it's kind of a reason for them to come in. So I think my tr struggle is just making sure that I have a buttoned up deal up front. Like I said, only a couple didn't qualify. So it's not, I'm usually doing a pretty good job up front um, before the presentation. So that's the challenge I have is just how, how are you, you know, making sure you get all the documentation up front to where you are confident they're you know, a good deal. And then I'm gonna add a piece to that too. As you prepare it, my other struggle is getting the presentation personalized for that person. And because there's obviously a lot of stuff to fill in. And as you're doing you know, two to five a week, plus everything else going on, there's just a lot of moving parts. So I guess that's the other struggle I have too, personalization. Yeah, so um, hire a bigger team. Uh, no. We are. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, uh, my presentation is pre-filled for me when I get it, so I can't, but you know, sh it shouldn't take too long to fill in the blanks on, on um, you know, assets, income, things like that. But as far as documentation, we do the same thing. We use that initial appointment as an excuse for them to bring in the documents because they haven't even found their home yet and they're bringing me their tax returns, you know, pay data and all that stuff. Occasionally that happens where you get someone's tax returns and then you realize that, wait a second, I didn't know about this other company and you've got an $86,000 loss and, and what's that. But most of the time in our prequal, we can, we can button up most of those things just by taking a simple application over the phone and, and credit and all that. So we're doing the exact same thing there. I would say that we get about 80% of the documents during that first meeting. We have our clients come in for a second meeting and we call that a pre-closing review appointment. I call it a dress rehearsal for closing. I explain to them that this will not be a marathon like today, it'll be more of a sprint, but the purpose or the value of the meeting to you is you're gonna be able to see many of the same and similar documents that you will see at closing. But instead of there being realtors and attorneys and all that in the room, it'll just be you and one of my team members and they'll go over those with you and answer any questions you have. And at that time, you can bring any delaying or lingering documents in. So by the time they've come in the second time, we typically have 95 to 100% of the full package that we need to send to underwriting, which really speeds things up on the back end. Our, um, I just got a statistic that our, from the time we meet with the client on that appointment to clear to close is, is under 20 days right now. So that's, that's pretty good when you consider um, all the different things that can happen with appraisals and, and all that. You have one that took 42 days that throws your average off, but it's really helped there too. So um, you got to notice to hold that closer to your mouth, so that, that's cool. So do dollarize what's happened to you in 24 months having adopted this. What's, the, what's it look like now financially and, and what's the payoff been? So you asked me about the numbers, and this was my answer for the dollarization. So uh, I uh, million, million to million and a half, um, and fighting on price and having some issues there, to two and a half, two to two and a half, and now four million. So it's just a, like a, you say, a hockey stick. You know, it's it's that's like my numbers going up and consist, uh, consistently growing with the right business. Um, with a you know, so a dollarization would be the fact that you're going to earn more on each deal, um, you're gonna have people that are happy about paying the rate that you're gonna tell them that they need to pay be, and you're gonna show them why. Um, and so the dollarization is the profitability on the loans and I've uh, over double, you know, double my business volume. about, yeah. Yeah, in 12 months, good. 
All right, let's fire up the mics and do some Q&A. I want you guys to be able to ask any question of these guys that uh, you would like to ask about the buyer experience. We've got two mics hot in the audience. Uh, who's got the other one? Katie, you got it? Okay, so Linda, you got it. So who wants to fire some questions at anybody up here? Here you go. Very much. Now, on, uh, do both of you guys do the exact same thing? Because you were saying, um, you're Kevin. Kevin, you were saying that you do the um, uh, pre-qualification before you do the actual interview. Uh, and that's a two-step process. And for you, is it a one-step process or a two-step process as well? No, it's the same thing. The client calls in, gives us their information over the phone. We do all the review prior to that meeting. We schedule the appointment on the phone, which I think is a very important thing for my process. So, but then if we find something in the review, such as a 400 credit score, we call the client, let them know that they're not going to qualify for a loan at this time. We still give them the opportunity to come in and go through a credit scoring thing, but nine times out of 10, people do not come in. So we're doing a pre-qualification over the phone. So by the time I've met with the client, we've already pre-qualified them. And all of that stuff that you're doing on the front end is actually making it easier on the back end when it comes to going through the process from one end. Of course, because they've brought documents in two different, on two separate occasions. So <clears throat> instead of, Instead of them finding it, getting a contract and then bringing things in for the first time, we already have 80% of their documents up front. In some cases, we'll go ahead and have the file underwritten before they found a home if I know they're going to do it quick enough. So, one of the things, Ouch. I was either going to drop it or fall off. <laughs> Made a wise choice. So one of the things I want you to be thinking about is this idea of one-timing, one-touching, and simplifying the process. And I will go to my grave reminding you of one of the greatest success strategies on the planet, and it is the choice to be proactive. It is the choice to make a commitment that you have decided up front that you're going to architect a beautiful, perfect loan and to have the internal fortitude and the confidence in your process and your value that you will slow down even looking for that appointment or looking for that meeting until you know you have what you have and you need what you need and you got what you got and now you're ready to go. I did a sales strategy session. If you're on our Hytro selling app, you know that we deliver sales strategy sessions via video on a regular basis and I did one about five weeks ago on what is your signature. And when you put your signature on a loan, when you are putting your stamp on your product, you know, what is it saying about you? And is it the kind of quality that you know is going to allow for that process to be more likely to be smooth and uneventful? And so my advice to everybody is just keep doing more upfront, right? And, and do it the right way and have enough confidence in what you're delivering to know that that, that, that buyer needs you more than you need them. I'm not being, you know, there's no attitude there. It's just that's how you guys need to position yourself, that if you really have the value prop and you're helping people make wise financial choices and you're helping them manage their debt, you can demand a different set of circumstances up front. Next question, who's got it? Katie? Good morning, Katie DeLosto. I have a question about asking for referrals the right way. I heard Kevin, I heard you say that, that that was a hurdle for you. So I just want to know, what does what is that script, what does that sound like? And I think that would be valuable. Marty's got, Marty's got that figured out pretty good. Yeah, I, I think I used some of that in, in my talk. I mean, it, it, to me, the right way is just not going 
who are three people you know right now who, I, I just don't like that. I know a lot of people do it or are very successful at it. Um, it's just not my personality. So you'll never hear me go, uh, who are the three people you know right now who you could refer alone to me? So the way Todd has coached me to do it and the way I've implemented it into that presentation is we simply remind them that 100% of our business is referral-based and then we ask them what we can do to earn the referrals. And then we ask them if we did what we needed to do to earn the referrals. And then at that point, you don't have to ask anymore. I mean, if they say, here's what you need to do, and you did it, then they finish, they fill in the blank. So in our closings or in our appointments, they're like, you know, I say, did we do everything we needed to do to impress you enough to earn your trust, to earn your respect, where you would feel comfortable sharing the impact this process had on you. They're like, yeah, I'll do anything. You know, what, what, what can I do to help you? Or, you know, you want me to take a picture? Or, you know, they just kind of, <laughs> if, if you've done all those things, then they'll, they, they just kind of finish that up. One of the interesting things about five-star service, right behind you, Cody, um, is that, that if it's there, the referrals are automatic, okay? And so what we need to do between now and Friday, and we'll do it in various different ways, is just figure out um, how close you are to delivering and creating that kind of world-class experience as defined by the customer. And then when you deliver it, it creates the lock-in of expectation, and then you have somebody who is an advocate for you. And then as you grow that relationship, you know, day on day and year on year, they remain advocates. And that's the, the end game that we're looking for. Okay, go ahead. Just talk uh, close into the mic right up here. Yep. Uh, my name is Lior. Marty, first of all, thank you. Amazing presentation. Uh, I'm going to implement it. Uh, I have a question, though, for the referral partners. Do you actually go through this presentation to educate them on <laughs> what you will do for the borrowers? And if not, if you can give us a tip on how you show them what you can add as value to their borrowers. So I'm embarrassed to say I was not smart enough to think of that until a good friend of mine, Ryan Grant, who is actually, Kevin and I just met today, uh, but Ryan Grant uh, met Kevin and showed him the presentation, but Ryan was telling us what a huge impact he was getting from his referral partners referring him more business because he had shared the borrower presentation with them. So I was sitting, I can't remember where we were, but I was sitting in a meeting, I was like, oh, duh. So then I went and so yes, I have now shown this. I, have, I only have five real estate partners that I focus on intently and I've shown this to four of the five and uh, I have a meeting scheduled with the fifth one. So, but it's a huge thing, but unfortunately Ryan can speak to the results more than I can because I was just a little slow in adopting that. But absolutely, we just show them, here's what, we're, here's what your borrowers are going to experience. The ideal thing is to actually have them go through it and to do a loan for them. Yeah. You know, but if you can't do that, at least you can show them what the borrower experience is going to be. Because as you can tell from that video, Jim has seen it numerous times. He, he would come in with his clients and, and sit through it, which I also recommend that they do if, they're, if the client's comfortable with that. Let the realtor come in with them so they can experience it too. Have you done that yet? No, I have not. Okay. Talked about so it, let I me just ask it. you to write that down as a takeaway. If, if you have not um, answered the question, how are my partners referring me? You have not intelligently created a synchronized handoff. 
And one of the things at the front end that increases conversion is how that agent or how that referral partner sets you up. And it doesn't matter whether it's an agent, a builder, a financial planner, they will do a better job if you choreograph how that handoff should happen. I mean, to watch Jim do that video, you could just you know that he wasn't reading from a script. You know that is what that's what he does, even though he was on film. That's what he does real time. And if you have that kind of hand, let me ask you a different question. How many of you think that 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 you could improve how, by comparison to Jim referring Marty, your agents are referring you? Let me see your hands if you think you could do a better job. But nice and high. Okay, so that's pretty much everybody. And so I would ask you to sit down and figure out what does that choreography look like? And, and what's in it for the agent is they look brilliant because the borrower is going to have a world-class experience with you guys. What's in it for you is your conversion goes up. And what's in it for the customer is they see a unique team. They see a lender and, a, and an agent that are partnered that understand that this is a, a total transaction, right? And that to have an agent say to a borrower, a potential buyer that, that this is the most important decision you're ever going to make. And because I care so deeply about you, I ask all of my, my buyers at this point to talk to Marty, the, the guy I use, the mortgage professional partner that I use to help you architect. You know, and the way he laid that out is beautiful. So I would, I'd make that like a, a top priority as you go back. You'll get more buyer leads, you'll get higher conversion, and you'll have more referrals from that experience. Okay, next question. Go ahead, RJ. Great job to uh, both of you. Um, Todd, normally you would be sitting up there with two baby faces. And <laughs> I would like Kevin to share uh, the commitment that he made after leaving uh, the academy uh, and why this $4 million a month he's going to have in October is such a big milestone for him. Uh, we want to talk about focus. This is what he's been focusing on, and he's a month away from making it happen. Go. So uh, in January... During Christmas, right after Christmas, I started growing out the beard a little bit. And one of our coworkers <laughs> was like, well, I don't think you should shave until you hit $3 million. So I said, sure, sounds good to me, a deal. So uh, I've been pushing to hit $3 million this whole year, and I keep, you know, scratching the surface of it. So and that's why I'm going to hit $4 million. Um, and so one of the things that I learned, though, is instead of shooting for three, I needed to shoot for four. I was shooting for three trying to shave the beard, but I kept hitting, you know, just under three. So uh, that was a good I can see. I can see this. He's going to be at $10 million a month next year with a 10-month beard. <laughs> Whatever it takes, right? Well, and, and good grooming. Um, but I like that. I My like wife's going to kiss me now, so it's pretty exciting. So we'll see. <laughs> but, but what is your commitment? You know, talk about focus. What is your commitment? And to have that daily reminder that you are on the right track and that you're going for it and that you're going to hit this, and then, then you can rethink that whole process. So, so let me ask you on focus. Um, besides the fact I love your socks. Um, <laughs> what, what, what have you done that you can just share with everybody here? Because you're, you're, you know, you are growing fast. What have you done to just keep this dialed? So one of the big things was a couple years ago, Miracle Morning was a big deal with for Hallow me. Red, yeah. yeah. And uh, just getting focused on keeping it simple, though, too. So what I do is um, I write down daily, like, my two must, top must-dos and then kind of like my task for the day. And, uh, and that's, that's really the key. And I track like how many new families that we talk to um, each day. And so I try to, I track the, num the basic numbers of it. 
and I've got myself out of the processing piece. By, um, so that's really what I've done, and I focus on the basic numbers. I have to talk to, my goal is to talk to uh, two new families a day, and I want to send out seven prequals a week. And if I could hit those numbers, I know everything lays out. Takes you know, care of itself. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, final question. Go ahead. Yes, my name is Linda Brandt with Atlantic Bay Mortgage out of North Carolina, and I can relate to you really well. Um, I've doubled my business in the last 12 months and took a leap of faith and hired an assistant. I'd like you to talk to me a little bit about how you determine how to add on team members. You're constantly talking about a team. When do you make that decision? Is it number of units? Is it volume? And then how do you integrate them into your system right now? It's an awesome question, and we have a panel designed to answer exactly all of those uh, idiosyncrasies, and that'll be coming up, uh, I think, tomorrow. But what is your sense on, uh, let's start with you, on team building, if you could just give a couple of your tips on kind of when and, and, and how and, and what you've done to... Uh, you made the comment that team is so important to delivering service. What are your thoughts on that? So, I, I mean, there are a lot of people who have great teams. My team is by far the best in the industry. They make me look good, which is pretty hard to do. Um, but the way it came about, I was very um, slow to hire more people. Um, and unfortunately, I duplicated that throughout my, my office a little bit. But we hired a top producing loan officer to come work in our office who had three team members. And then due to some personal circumstances, she got out of the business and I didn't have the heart to let them go. So I hired her team and we absolutely took off. So that's the true story. Uh, now I can tell you all the stuff that Todd taught me, but that's <laughs> the true story. But um, I would, my only advice on that, because I think the people that are going to talk about that are experts at it, but my only advice on that is you want to hire the next person before you need the next person. That's for sure. Uh, every time I've done that, we, we did just hire one additional production partner this year, and he's enabled us to take our service levels to the next level and our, our profitability. So. I would just say you definitely, as long as you believe in yourself and you're going to go out and get the business, you know, the only time it backfires is when you hire somebody to do your work for you and you don't do your job. But yeah. if you know you're going to go out and get it, you're focused, then uh, hire the next person before you need them. Yeah, and we'll go deep on that in our panel. So final thoughts from you on, uh, I know you have a, a newer team and you're just yeah, kind of so, adding on. Uh, we had some production goals of uh, getting to about two and a half million before we added on really a front end um, LOA that would help with the contact to contract. So that's been a huge help for me. Uh, we just hired her in August, uh, August 15th this last year. Um, I had somebody that was helping me with more of the after the contract came in. But once you get to the volume, you know, and you're helping a lot of people doing these borrower presentations, you know, you need some help up in the front end. So I hire, we hired at about two and a half million. Um, and I think that once you get over to eight to 10 loans, you really need that front end person to go to the next stage. I mean, otherwise you're gonna work 14 hours a day. I'll give you so. a simple formula right now. Um, uh, the LO, eight deals, next assistant, 16 total, next assistant, 24 total, so it's about eight to nine loans. 
per body as you build a high trust kind of mortgage practice. So everything rises and falls on the buyer presentation. If you build your, your practice around the buyer consult and you become the advice-centric kind of guy or gal that we're talking about here today, you're gonna get these kinds of results. Big round of applause for Marty and Kevin. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it very much.